Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He spent hours upon hours speaking with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Doesn't have a Democratic with a small D bone in his body, but he's a smart, smart guy. He's one of the guys, like Putin, who thinks that autocracy is the wave of the future. Democracy can't function in an ever, an ever complex world. Biden refused to answer specific questions on China policy, whether the U.S. will maintain tariffs on China or ban more imports of products made with forced labor. The president says China wants to become the wealthiest, most powerful country in the world, promised that won't happen on his watch and framed relations with China as a global competition between autocracy and democracy. That's what's at stake here. we got to prove democracy works. I appreciated him saying it that forthrightly. Uh, and I'm also excited that we're going to have Josh Rogan on with us on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Josh is a columnist for the Global Opinion section of the Washington Post, a political analyst with CNN, and also has this book that came out, Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, she and the battle for the 21st century on sale now wherever books are sold. Josh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, great to be back. Thank you. I am a nut for this China stuff. Like, it's been my hobby for the last couple of years. Try, I, I, I was unaware of your book, and I guarantee you I will read it. Because um, I just, I just, well, is it overstating it to say this is the story of the world for the next century or more? I don't no, think it is. I think that. I think the China challenge is up there with, like, climate change. the two things that will shape the world as we know it. And the two things that we have to get right, because if we don't get those things right, 
nothing else really matters. And, you know, that wasn't the wide held position for a long time. But after the COVID pandemic, during the COVID pandemic, it doesn't take much convincing because everyone in the world is affected by it. And everyone knows that the reason that they're sitting in their basement and they haven't seen their grandma for a year is in part due to the fact that the Chinese Communist Party uh, actions now affect our lives and affect our public health and our security and our prosperity and our freedom. And that's just the latest example, but that's not going to be the last example. So, you know, what happens in Beijing doesn't stay in Beijing. So we all have an interest in figuring this thing out and then coming together and mounting a response. Well, I'm, I'm glad that everybody, you know, uh, Republican and Democrat seems to be on board with understanding that our bet was wrong for for 40 years that you know we exactly. let them we let them grow enough and get rich enough and the you know we'll, they'll come around to uh, capitalism and, and freedom and our way of world and uh, i don't think they had any intention of ever doing that we now know that and and everybody realizes and joe biden stating out loud china is dead set on becoming the most powerful country in the world and we're not going to let them i I'm, I'm happy to hear that right i think you put it perfectly you know we didn't know whether or not china was going to liberalized and maybe they didn't know but at least since 2013 when xi jinping came to power it became increasingly obvious that they were going to go another way and what what xi jinping and the chinese communist party want is they want to have all the benefits of uh, our system without any of the responsibilities in other words they want the parts of capitalism that allow their companies to succeed but they don't want to live up to the basic norms of you know, fair trade and human rights and all those other things that make that system possible. And we didn't have any idea what to do about that. And, you know, the Trump administration, crazy and chaotic as it was, they took a stab at it at least. And they changed the conversation in a way that they can't that can't be undone. But because the Trump administration was so dysfunctional and messy, uh, they didn't do it all that all, all, all that well at many points. And now that's what the Biden administration has a chance to fix. And we don't know how they're going to fix it because they don't know how they're going to fix it. But they're going to they're trying to come up with that now. This battle between the United States and China has so many of the similarities of the Cold War between us and the Soviet Union, but so many things that are completely different. For instance, Hollywood's biggest market was never the Soviet Union. You know, if you wanted to sell cigarettes or toys or whatever or Nike shoes, you know, the Soviet Union wasn't where you're going to try to do it. I was looking at one of your tweets uh, from, uh, I think, not that long ago where you tweeted out, if you refuse to be complicit in mass slave labor, the CCP will kill your business in China. And it reminded me of the story I came across yesterday that I was going to talk about today. H&M and Nike join brands facing boycotts over statements on uh, Xinjiang cotton. Is that the way you pronounce that, that region? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But anyway, that's uh, you know the particular kind of cotton there, and that's the, the region of uh, China where they got slave labor and everything else. And so now there's a boycott against Nike and others in um in China, and I just feel like that a time is coming swiftly where Hollywood's not going to be able to do business, Nike's not going to be able to do, maybe Apple, it's just the, the time is going to be up soon, isn't it? it? It seems to be heading in that direction, and I, the way you said it is exactly right. This is not the Cold War. It's, there are some similarities, but that analogy gets overused, and it's also used as a weapon to uh, attack anyone who wants to rise to confront the Chinese government's bad behavior. They'll say, oh, what do you want, another Cold War? What are you, crazy? But, you know, we forget about the term Cold War. That's just a bumper sticker. What we're facing is a systems battle, a competition uh, that we have to engage in and hopefully win. And that's, you know, that's not a, a 
leading towards a conflict that's trying to avoid a conflict by addressing the problem before it becomes a conflict. Now, when you, the NBA got you know, punished for $400 million for one tweet from one guy about Hong Kong, a lot of people around the country were like, oh, my God, we got a problem here. It seems that the Chinese Communist Party at this point is putting its political interests and the party's interests above not only, you know, free commerce, but even China's interests, right? Because, you know, when they uh, lash out at American companies, they hurt their ability to attract investment, and they hurt the American companies. They put everybody in a bad situation, and the only reason that they're doing it is because they're defending the party's practice of genocide, okay? And, you know, for a long time, Wall Street firms, H&M and Nike, they looked the other way. Hollywood, Disney made a film in Jinjing, and I just pronounced it incorrectly, too, by the way. And they <laughs> the public, I don't know how to pronounce it. That's not the point. The point is they thanked the Public Security Bureau in right. the credits. They thanked the people who were manning the concentration camp walls. And all of a sudden, Americans are coming around to this realization that, oh, wait, I don't want to watch a movie that was uh, made with the help of genocide perpetrators. Oh, wait, I don't want to take the cotton that slaves picked and put it on my body because that's not cool. It's not good. So, you know, that awakening is taken a long time to come to fruition, but just shows you how bad the atrocities have gotten and how, uh, like, you know, determined the Chinese Communist Party is to make sure that they punish anyone who dares to speak up about it. We're talking with Josh Rogan. He's a columnist for the Global Opinion section of the Washington Post, political analyst with CNN. I'll mention the name of his book again toward the end because I'm absolutely going to read it. Like I said, I've become a kind of a nut on this whole China thing. I'm really rooting for Nomadland to win either Best Picture or Best Director at the Oscars because that woman, and I don't have her name at the tip of my tongue, uh, who directed that. Chloe Zhao, I believe. Yeah, she's got some statements that angered China. And if she goes up there and receives that award and doubles down on criticizing China, I think China will cut ties with Hollywood or say some really nasty things, and that and Hollywood will have no option but to cut their ties with China. And I think that could be a, a really big moment, not just for you know Hollywood and movies, but for the world. I think that's really going to draw a lot of attention. Yeah, no, I've, listen, I think that the problem in Hollywood is that for 15, 20 years, they've been kowtowing to the Chinese Communist Party line. Most of the big studios, for a very understandable and obvious Reason is sure. that that's where their money is. That's where their market is. That they, but you know, at, again, at some point they have to balance that against the cost to their U.S. business and their reputational cost and the human cost that they're contributing to. And that balance is still on the Chinese side. And you know, yeah, we can every every time we stand against that is a a good thing. But make no mistake, you know, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood. They're still making the calculation that the, the their best bet is to go along to get along with the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, that hasn't changed, and that will only change when regular Americans vote with their feet and vote with their pocketbooks. And they say to these companies, "Hey, listen, uh, you know, if you're going to make a movie with." Uh, the people who are manning the concentration camps, we're not going to watch that movie. Or, hey, Nike, if you're going to have, uh, you know, slave Uyghur slave laborers uh, pick the cotton that goes into your shoes, we're not going to buy those shoes. And what's going to happen with the Olympics? Are we just going to go to the Olympics? Well, it seems not a genocide it, it's, going on. Yeah, it it's seems crazy. It seems insane to me that there would be an Olympics and you'll have uh, U.S. athletes walking around that track, and there's Vice President Harris in the stands cheering on. The, that, that just that can't happen, can it? 
I think that's exactly what's about to happen. Now, you know, th- th- we got some time between now and then, but you, but as as much as uh, there is more discussion about China and more discussion about the CCP and its mis- bad actions than there ever was before, and again, that's because of the pandemic, because every human in every country saw what it was like when you have the Chinese Communist Party-led order, when they had the most science and the most data and the most masks. And what did they do with that power? They blackmailed the world to shut up about their handling of the coronavirus. And they hid the data, which made our responses worse. And then they lied to the president of the United States. In the book, they had this story about Xi Jinping lying to President Trump about the coronavirus thing. It would go away in warm weather, and it would go away when the – and if you used herbal medicine, and they had it under control. And all of these lies – fed into the president's head, and they came out in our policy and exacerbating the suffering of Americans, millions of people. And so that's, uh, again, a, a big step. But right now, i got to tell you if, you, if you just look at what's going on in the business world and you look at what's going on in Congress, they're not there yet, okay? And, and, and that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot of Americans and a lot of American companies, you know, Making that calculation of, uh, you know, should I go to the Olympics or should I stand with the Uyghurs? And they're going to choose the former, not the latter. You've seen how far the poll numbers have tanked, though, in a pretty short period of time in terms of Americans' opinions of China, whether they're a friend or an enemy or where they rank. I mean, it's, it's pretty dramatic. Yes, and that is, I think, driving a lot of what the Biden administration is doing because they can read the polls, too. Now, uh, you know, the... That doesn't mean that in Congress they're actually getting anything done because the dysfunction in our system and the dysfunction in our Congress and in our government has it's not actually fixed. So you know it's 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 common for people to look at those poll numbers and to say, oh well, you know, you China hawks and the Trump administration guys, and you know, you're ramping up the Cold War through Thucydides' trap, blah blah blah, and now everyone's against China. But the truth of the matter is that people are reacting to the Chinese government the Chinese Communist Party's actions. And it's not really about the U.S. versus China. It's about how China is acting around the world. And if you think about it that way, you realize, well, okay, actually the thing that we really have to do is to depoliticize the China issue. And we have to get away from anything that gets anywhere near racist or hateful language. We have to make sure not to target Asians and Asian Americans because they are actually our allies in this fight, not our enemies. Mm -hmm. And then if we can do that and then we can fix our own government – then we could probably win this competition based because our system, which is based on the values of human rights and, and rule of law and freedom and freedom of religion, those are actually the way if you know, people want to live. That's the way people ought to treat each other. That's the, what our basic society is built on, the rights of individuals. Uh, that's a better model, but it's only a better model if it works. The book, and I absolutely, I'm not just saying this, we'll read this, because I'm, I'm grabbing everything I can on China for the last couple of years. Chaos Under Heaven. Trump, she, and the battle for the 21st century. It's on sale uh, as we speak, Josh Rogan. I, one final question. Do you foresee in the next year, five years, it won't be a year, but five years, ten years, where we have such a bipolar world where these big companies, you you either do business in China or the United States. You're you're a, a, a foreign country. You're either in part of China's orbit or the United States orbit. You really can't do both. Do you think that's where we're headed? Right. There's an essential interconnectedness between the United States and China that will never go away, nor should it. You know, and that's another big difference between this and the, the Cold War with the Soviet Union is that they're going to be the economy in the world. That's not going to be something that we can stop. It's not something that we should try to stop. What we have to try to do is create a, a, a shape China's rise in a way that doesn't 
result in our, our us getting sick and us having uh, sacrifices in our security and in our, and that we can still tweet about whatever we want. So the 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 answer to your question is that's partially mainly up to the Chinese government. But what we have to do is we have to clarify this choice for them. And that means raising the pressure on them to put them to a decision to say that, hey, listen, if you want to participate in the benefits of our half of the world, then you're going to have to stop committing genocide and stop stealing your intellectual property and all of, and stop you know punishing companies for things that people tweet. Or if you go the other way, we're going to impose a cost on you. So I think that's a, a, a call for addressing the problem before that happens, before we have some sort of conflict or some sort of bifurcated world, because that's not a good outcome, uh, but it's going to take uh, the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party changing its behavior also to avoid that outcome. Well, I took a lot of your time, I realize, but I appreciate it. It's a topic I'm super hot for, and I will read your book, and maybe we'll talk again. Josh okay. Rogan, thanks for your time today. Thank you. we got to take a break. Text line 415-295-KFTC. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.